Hey, folks, I know there are lots of business owners who listen to this show. Maybe some of you never planned on running a business, but now here you are. One thing you've always got to keep in mind is how much you're spending on your operating costs. That's one of the first things we had to keep in mind with WTF. And with things costing more today than they did when we started, you want to keep your expenses down. To reduce costs and headaches, be smart and use NetSuite by Oracle, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. Reduce IT costs, cut the costs of maintaining multiple systems, improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash WTF for more. That's netsuite, N-E-T-S-U-I-T-E dot com slash WTF. All right, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers? What the fuck, Nicks? What the fuck, buddies? What's happening? I'm Mark Maron. This is my podcast. I'm going to talk to Benedict Cumberbatch today, okay? You know him from Sherlock, the Marvel movies where he plays Doctor Strange, the, the imitation game, and, and, you know, movies, more. He's been in a lot of stuff. He's got two movies you can see right now. The Electrical Life of Louis Wayne is streaming on Prime Video, and the other one is Jane Campion's The Power of the Dog, which is now in theaters and streaming on Netflix. Both very good. I watched both of them. If you haven't watched The Power of the Dog yet, here's a heads up. We had a good long talk about the movie, okay, and we didn't hold back. So if you want to watch the movie first before listening to that part of our conversation, I'll jump in and I'll give you a warning when it's about to happen because that's how the that's the kind of guy I am, all right? I don't I didn't want to I didn't want to remove the conversation it was too good. So I'm going to let you know that spoilers are about to happen and you can uh, you can make your choice. I'm giving you that choice. So I think I'm landing in a sort of, um, I don't know, is it loneliness? I don't know. I don't know what this grief tunnel is like. I don't know how to frame my life anymore. I know that every day feels like a week and that, you know, by the time I go to bed, I feel like I've, I've, you know, the morning was, I can't even remember when it started and it's not bad. I don't mind that time is longer than it, than it seems or it is because I know it's all going to crunch at the end and run out but uh, i guess i'm kind of beginning the dark floundering of of what it means to be me at this point in time at 58 years old having been through what i've been through what do i need for myself what do i need from other people i don't like having to answer these questions but the life that i've chosen has put me here i've foregone any sort of sense of security or status quo i've tried and failed at many relationships i've had someone i love pass away uh, I fought and, and lost with many people, places, things, institutions, but I've, I have my success and I, and I have, you know, my voice and, you know, I'm doing good work, but it's like, what, what does it mean? You know, when you wake up with the darkness, with the heaviness, as Rodney call it, I got the heaviness is on me, but I don't have chemical heaviness. It's just sort of like, you know, what am I going to do with this tired old heart? Huh? Answer me that. What am I going to do with this tired old heart? I've still got juice. I've still got energy. I can carry this heart over the finish line. It's just that maybe maybe I can lighten the load or 
add something to it or I don't know, man. Now, am I sad? I'm not. I, I'm not sad. Look, don't don't get me wrong. I've been, you know, I've got friends. You know, I there's people I lean on. A couple, not many. Everything's fine. Don't be concerned. I think this was all triggered in some weird way by that Beatles documentary. I can't explain it. I can't explain it. But it's like I feel. Look. I don't know. Am I a Beatles fanatic? No. When I was younger, did I listen? Of course. I had a friend, my friend Dean Hines in uh, junior high, had all the Beatles records. My parents had that Let It Be record. I listened to that Let It Be record. I was five, six, seven years old. They're infused into you genetically. If you get it, you get it. Most people get it. Of course, there are those people that are like, no, I never really saw it in the Beatles. Like, okay, that's kind of sad more than anything else. Whatever position you're taking against the Beatles, it's just sort of, all right, well, it's too bad. You are missed out on some some uplifting shit there, some soul nourishment. And I just don't get it. I love that position. Now that this like 90-hour documentary comes out, there's all these Beatle detractors, you know, like, no, 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 I didn't get it. You know, like, who gives a fuck whether you got it or not? Look, I'm no fanatic, but it's in my soul. It's in my it's in my blood cells. I don't know why. It is. I spent like days and days drawing a picture of John Lennon's face that won me an award in the art contest in high school. It was good. I wish I knew what happened to that thing. Very proud of it. I nailed it. John spoke through me. But something about watching them, you know, it's like I've known them all my life. You know? I've known them all my life. And I, 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 I knew exactly what to expect. But this was the first time I ever got to hang out with them. And it feels like that. They're just hanging out writing songs. And they, they're really like old-timey rock and roll guys. But, but I don't know. It's almost like you're just in the room hanging out too. And not, there, I, don't, I don't find that there are any real surprises for me. I'm like, yep, this is the way it is. This is who these guys are. And you just it just ingrains in you. It was like filling this tremendous gap in your soul and in your cells if your cells are filled with Beatles, which mine are, and a lot of people's are. So like I, I you know, there were parts of it that were boring, that were annoying, and but whatever. And I'm not even finished with the fucking thing. But there was a familiarity to it. Like, it's like, I always knew these guys. I always knew them. I always knew the Beatles. And I didn't take into consideration any of the tension or anything else. I'm just sort of like, oh, finally, we're fucking hanging out. And yeah, it's cool to see songs evolve. And it's interesting to see how they work. But it was almost filling in a piece of myself that I've been waiting for. The humanization of the heroes continues. Is it good? I don't know, man. We always knew they were mortals because one was gunned down. One died of cancer. And I, again, I'm not of that generation. These were hand-me-down myths. I'm not sure what was going on when I was supposed to be taking shit in. I got the shit handed down, hand-me-downs from the late 60s and 70s. You know, what was going on with me with New Wave, Disco, then Punk, which I missed... I'm infused with classic rock that I had to push back against at some point and integrate some Eno and some Bowie and some Fred Frith and some Residents and, you know, then in college, you know, the other stuff. But I was wired post-60s with hand-me-downs, one of which was the Eternal Beatles. How did they take over the world? I don't know. But all I know is watching it and feeling these guys as human was as elating as it was sad. 
you know, not because two of them are dead or they're all old or it was another time, but really because they're just humans. And when these heroes or mythic people become human, your heart sort of like sighs a little bit. I think it's sighs. You're like, oh, that's nice, but oh, where's the bigger than life stuff, man? What if you don't have a God in place? What if you're just, your heart's just a skipping stone on some sort of pool of art and stuff that makes you feel better, stuff that moves you? What if that's it? Maybe I got to pay attention to the pool, man. Let's chase these metaphors. Let's chase them down and fuck them. These metaphors. Huh? Chase it down. My heart is a skipping stone on the pool of art and stuff that moves me. I got to I got to let it drop in, man. See that? That's chasing it down. <laughs> Fuck. I don't know, man. The Beatles made me sad as as much as it made me excited. You know, and then like what am I grounded in? What am I grounded in? I'm grounded in 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 insanely Deep self-consciousness around slightly real fat. The gift. The gift from the holidays and from my mother. Anyway, Benedict Cumberbatch is in The Electrical Life of Louis Wayne. That's streaming on Prime Video. Very good. It's a very exciting movie. The Power of the Dog is now playing in theaters and streaming on Netflix. And again, there's some stuff in this talk that really gets into uh, The Power of the Dog. There was really no way to avoid talking about some of the big reveals of the movie. If you want to avoid that part, I'll warn you when it's about to happen. Okay? All right. This is me talking to Benedict Cumberbatch. Sometimes I wish I paid more attention in school, or in some cases, any attention at all. There are probably a lot of things I could have gotten more out of, like literature, and now it's probably not in the cards to go back to school and study the classics. But luckily for us, there's a new podcast called The Foxed Page that dives deep into the best books of all time. This is basically like the best possible college English class, but more relaxed and fun. No pressure of grades or needing to prepare something to say in class. It's only the books you want to read and know about presented by best-selling author Kimberly Ford. Everything from Cormac McCarthy to Madame Bovary, from classics like Frankenstein to modern hits like Lessons in Chemistry. I love Ireland, but I missed the boat on James Joyce. The Foxed Page has a three-part series on Dubliners, and that's a pretty great starting point. Want to get the most out of what you read? The Foxed Page is for you. Get it now wherever you get Get your podcasts. I did it in my old house. You did? That's where it started. That's where it began. Yeah. So did, did Obama come to the house? Yes. All of them have been in the house. In the old house, yeah. That's so cool. Same chair. It's <laughs> cool. From one great ass to another. Yes. Do you want to wear cans? <laughs> I do actually, yes. It feels more intimate. It feels like I know what it's we're better, yeah. Something like together. And you can pull it. that mic uh, up into your face. Ooh, That's mic great. Technique. I love you it. know it. Yeah. You know how to do it. I do some voice work. You do a lot of voice work. I do, yeah. You're like the you're like the main guy. I'm, I missed a voice. <laughs> <laughs> you're the main guy of all the things. How long have you been in uh, LA for? I've been here for uh, Monday, last Monday. 
Oh, so all for the promotion of both things? And work. And we're doing You're working too? Strange. Yeah, yeah. I pick up um, that tomorrow, having talked about... Doctor Strange, the, the Marvel thing? The dog. Yeah. You, yeah. And, and this is... Shoots. Is this the fourth movie where you're This him? is the... I can't remember how many I've been in now. That's a bit forgetful. I, I, this is the second one of him on his own. So this is your second movie? To, yeah. Well... Yeah, that's part of the problem. Is There's it? a lot is of it? stuff going on in it. It's like, well, I do, Everyone's I, I do in have it. a character. I can, this is, is it working? You know? Yeah, right. Um, no, there's great stuff for me to do. In it. It's very busy. So it all is, those, It's called The Multiverse of Madness, and it's, it's bonkers. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, I don't, yeah, I'm not a guy that watches those. No, fine. Good. I've read we the comic books, and uh, I believe oh, that really? you can do it. Oh, good. I've read some Doctor Strange from yeah. back in the day. I'm not a big comic book nerd, but I, was, okay. I liked him. Yeah. He seemed like one of the ones that I could relate to. Yeah, he's quite kind of... Um, He's quite. Uh, he's got. He's out there. What's his angle? How did it happen? And Why does he have whatever he has? Uh, he had a car crash. Uh, and he of was course. a brain surgeon. And, oh, uh, brain surgeon. He used his hands and was went looking for uh, physical healing and found something much more profound. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. So you're shooting that here, the studio thing. Uh, we are this leg of it. We did the body of it last uh, year during lockdown in England, which was fun. Um, and uh, yeah, no, we just come back here for reshoots. It's what Marvel do. Reshoots in that, so you do them yeah. in a soundstage kind of deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They got the Manhattan Meat Studios. That's a kind of Marvel. Oh yeah, and what's it? What's the what? What's the studio? Um, it's Marvel. It's oh, Disney, they, but it's, it's at Disney. Manhattan Beach. Yeah, okay. They've got they've got the lot down there. So. That's you're so fucking busy. A little bit. Those a are classic bit. kind. Of, they look old. Those glasses. They're nice, aren't they? Yeah, they're, they're yeah. new, but they're old. I am only wearing them because they're prescription. I don't have some. Yeah, I have that too. With the but light, what, but what I, brand I'm is sorry those? if they're a bit dark. I no, can, I don't care. I can, what give you the, I can give you my truth by doing that. <laughs> it's Just okay if, if it's necessary. If if I require <laughs> some truth, lower your glasses. <laughs> yes, I want. I'm, I'm not buying your bullshit. I need, I need truth eyes. <laughs> give me the truth eyes. <laughs> yeah. So it's nice to see you as a human. Thank it's very hard for me to adjust. You know, when I see you on camera. Because uh, you're, you're, you, no one looks like you, and that's not a bad thing. Great. But in in real life, you uh, you look different. You look like I. Ah, that's just a guy in the street. But in movies, you're like, holy shit, that's that guy. <laughs> I don't know if that makes sense to you. I mean, I guess I'll I'll take the compliment. I guess <laughs> it's a compliment. Uh, yeah. But... I mean, look, anything anything that changes it up and also makes me obscure on the street is a good thing. Yeah, that's um, good. But know. but well, that's like some of the questions because, yeah. and I don't really prepare questions. But wait, okay. first of all. I was doing a little research, and I, have you? You're not, Good you're for ne- you. You never, not much. You never done comedy, though, have you? Oh, for fuck's sake! <laughs> yes, I have. I have done comedy, like stand up for I just, reals. No, I'm joking about how little, how, how the, the shallowness of. Yeah, no, I ha- no, yeah, not stand up. No, I've no, fr- I know you've done comedy, but I mean, there is like a little section on the wiki page that says impressionist, and I'm like, was he an impressionist? Or when I say, have you done comedy? I mean, like stand up. <laughs> like you, you, you're the yeah. rightful title of being a comedian or comedian um no no and i I, my friends who had the balls to do it just reminded me how little i wanted to do it who are your friends they're really good at it um well there were two um there were two at at, at university who became Uh. a double act matt horn and bruce mckinnon and uh, matt went on to work a lot with james corden they did a series together and Mm. that's what he's known and bruce is is a great actor but you know I was just blown away, not only by, and that wasn't solo stuff. And then I started seeing their friends doing solo mic yeah. stuff and getting to know them. And I just, it, it confounds me. Wasn't for you? I, who knows? I, I, I take lots of leaps of faith in my work. I love putting myself under a sort of different pressure and having oh, yeah. to interrogate something that I've never experienced before and, right. and, and, and taking a risk. But that is one I haven't done yet. I also huh. haven't done a musical or a No horror. musicals. So I could do all three in one, maybe just. Uh, what was the third one? Horror, musical, and stand up. No horror? No horror. Not really. I think you've, I feel like you've gotten close. 
Oh, hell yeah. I mean, the sort of psychological darkness <laughs> yeah. of the film, we're here to talk about the power of the dog, and also obviously strange in the next film and stuff. There's, there's, there's horror elements and stuff, I think, yeah. for sure. But what's this impressionist thing? I don't know, just sounding like people. Oh, but like, there's one on there. Yeah. And who I've, who I've talked about recently. Who? Malkovich. John, yeah. No, John Malkovich, I can't. It's interesting. I haven't heard him for a long time, so. I'd probably be better at doing yeah, you right now than I would be doing right, you got to be right in it, right? Yeah, kind of. I, I've got to hear it. We were in an animation together, and he was playing like this evil octopus. Uh, he was just, he was so good. That he must really have been good. It. it was, because his wonderful singularity and eccentricity that's was right. just, you know. It's like Christopher Walken's yep. ig- ig- ignoring of grammar. It's I like, think that's true. You know, right, um, that, that they're similar. I can do this. Uh, you know, it's, it's just, it, and I love it. I love yeah. it. It's, uh, it sounds like new-minted thought because the form is so odd at what you suppose it to be when you read it off the page and it, it grabs you by the balls. You're, yeah. just, you're in. You're kind of listening to something. It's a new music. Right, but do you, like, but you are more of a, a transformative it seems because that's where I was. Yeah, rather going. than having a kind of trademark style like those guys, I, I suppose I am. Although they've also, you know, I mean, I, you know, what is transformation? I think if you're in a story and you're watching whether whether it's Malkovich or me yeah. or whatever, and you're right. you're, in, you're engaged, right. it is a transformation. And I think people, by the way, who no, play yeah. variations of themselves, who are close to themselves in physicality or or sound, it's still the very. I still believe the storytelling. Do you know what I mean? No, so, no, of course. Like I don't, I don't begrudge them that because no. I think like even Clooney's a guy that like can't, you know, he's not going to uncle. Clooney himself. Yeah, but do you remember the leap into the unknown? I mean, the, the, you know, I thought, what? I thought, yeah, the coach of this movie. I mean, he was just oh, like, yeah. that was a complete release. Oh, sure, him, where he's know. playing the guy with the hair goop. And, and I, I love watching him. No, he's film. great. He's great, but I, I always, it, you know. but there's always that sort of fundamental Clooney charm that he's not yeah. going to get rid of. Even when he's playing a menacing guy, even when it's Michael Clayton, you're sort of like, nah, it's George Clooney there. But <laughs> it's not bad. He's a great actor. No, yeah, not, yeah, yeah, but, yeah. But my question is, like, even watching this, uh, the Lewis Wayne movie, was the fantastic Louis Wayne? Is that what's called? The, no, the, the electrical electric, life of Louis Wayne. The electric, yeah, the, yeah. the the electrical life of Louis Wayne. I didn't know about that guy. Me neither. Oh no. wow! And then I watched uh, uh, the Jane Campion movie, Power of the Dog. Yeah. Now these are distinctly different, and it just seems that you know I don't know what you do. I've done a little acting myself, but it's it seems that when you're doing someone like Louis Wayne, I mean, what is? How do you construct it? Uh, you know, I, I think we wanted to tell the story of a human being. So you look a little bit at the history, but it wasn't supposed to be a dry biopic by any degree. It was supposed to no, be a very singular not. experience it's of great. his world through his eye. And it's so, great. thank you. And I, I kind of, I kind of just uh, dove in with the script and with Will. I, I, there was a little bit of anecdotal evidence as to what he was like, how he held himself, how he spoke. This a sort of monotone of excitement where he could be saying, "I really love your shoelaces," and by the way, that mountain's about to slide on your head. You know, that comes with its own sort of interesting diversions from what we see is the norm i guess yeah but um I, I, yeah it, it took a, it took a while and the physicality was something that evolves in the picture as well because obviously it is a life and he's aging but there's a sort of electricity in him and an energy in him which was there both in his youth and i wanted to have in his old age as well there's a scene where he's dancing as an old man yeah um to reference the the dance so, so- of falling in love with emily at the beginning of the film played by the brilliant claire foy and i i i i, I saw that he was in improvisational he he did things right. in a very eclectic different way right. there was something charged about 
how he would do things. He'd set the room alight, and this is again anecdotal. Like he was a great, he was a great firebrand and, and charge of energy in a party, and people would sort of gather around him like a break dancer and like make give him the energy to just yeah. kind of do this spasmodic yeah. crazy. Yeah, dance. right, right. Get the weirdo going. Yeah, yeah. Just get, get funky. Yeah, just yeah. lose yourself. Don't, yeah. don't, don't be restricted. In the Victorian era, I mean, that guy, he, what kind of a wonderful comic. Yeah. So it it came through kind of like a process of of looking at the script, yeah. understanding the the uh, the idiosyncrasies that were documented, and then seeing what I needed to kind of get a grasp on it. So asking help with uh, dialect, asking help with um, or, or speech pattern delivery, that kind of thing, and also talking Who to you and working with a with a with a uh, um, uh, dialect coach. Yeah, no, I, yeah, yeah. I just, Was it different dialect than you would have? No, but it was just about delivery. It was just about having a look at it, you know, mm. just playing around with form. Mm. And then the other thing I was going to mention was the choreographer, just to work with somebody who was about putting the physical body in the space and telling the story through his his his, his body language and what his emotional tells were when the walls started to come in because they did with him. He he suffered mental health issues at yeah. certain moments in a very pressured situation, looking after six sisters, dealing with death, dealing with debt, and a Victorian era of replication of his work illegally. You know, all this stuff would make a would make a sane guy crazy. Yeah, lose and, it, yeah. He, and he already was, he had a, you know, a tentative grasp on reality as it was. So right. it's a horrible, torturous, lonely place to be, but how that would compound in his body and the yeah. way he interacted with things outside of his way of seeing the world um, and those slides into, yeah, into chaos and, and, and real terror. That was, uh, that was something to put in the body as well as yeah. doing the kind of deeper work as to what was going on in his mind and what it felt like to be him. And also his emotions that, mm. you know, the, the, there was that pivotal moment in there at the end when he's an old man and the doctor, you know, yeah. tells him how to interpret the electricity. That it's love. Yeah. It's always been love. Right. And it, and it is a love story. I mean, it's riddled with tragedy and, oh, and it's, it's, humor and dark yeah, comedy. Yeah, it's really but, kind of a, an amazing balance for a film to to have the kind of darkness that's in that thing, yet still yeah. sort of, you know, it, it's still beautiful. That's Will Sharp. I mean, he did an amazing job on a series called Flowers. I don't know if you saw on mm-hmm. Channel 4, Olivia Coleman's in it and um, Julia Barrow's one half of yeah. The Mighty Bush, which you might know is yeah. a, a comedy duo. Yeah. Um, him and uh, Noel he, Fielding. Yeah, amazing, amazing pair. In fact, yeah. Noel was one of the guys I saw do stand up, and I thought, yeah, I can never do that. Um, oh, really? Yeah, yeah, just yeah. Amazing, extraordinary. Anyway, but the, you know, he deals in that with profound issues of depression and self doubt and suicidal thought, and in that in the flowers, yeah, and yet it's incredibly funny, incredibly moving, and yeah. textured and led and detailed. Huh. And he was our guy the minute he came in and pitched the film. Uh, as he saw it and the changes he wanted to make to Simon Stevens' great script, we were like, we're, we're in because you're wanting to turn this into a singular experience for an audience through as much of Louis Wayne's work yeah, also as like possible. Yeah, also the, the sort of foundation of a sort of psychedelic vision because right. of his misunderstanding of, or maybe not, of electricity. Yeah. Uh, but also like, but that, that pivot, that weird moment at the end where it's love and it seems to make sense to, to, yeah. to Louis. Yeah. Uh, is kind of beautiful, but like leading up to that, so you got to see that whole script before you start it. Sure. So you know all that, you know, holding that thing in because yeah. he doesn't understand it. He doesn't it. understand it to be in that place. It's it's, right. that's, it's stressful actually. And to feel love without being able to sort of uh, completely realize it. I know. And also when he has it, when it's held, when he has space with it with Emily, for that to yeah. be cut so tragically short. I yeah. mean, there were very very easy springboards for me to sort of get into a place where I felt a connection to the guy's suffering for yeah. sure like when he has that breakdown coming right. back on the transatlantic ship, ship. oh yeah, that's, that's, yeah 
that, that I was concerned. Was... I th- I was because well, I don't know enough about the guy. I'm like, did he die? He didn't die like that. He didn't die in a shipwreck. Did he? I know, I know, I know. But I mean, and it sort of tied in with this idea of her recur- recurring nightmare. Yeah, lo- you know, he really kind of didn't know himself as a feverish child who had these um, these sort of uh, really awful dreams that then broke. He thought in Scarlet Fever. He said himself, and then I felt normal again, and then. He clearly carried that for a lot of his life, and so sure. for that to come back yeah. in Will's in Will's narrative at the point where he doesn't find success in America, everything is alien to him, and he can't he can't find his place in the world, and just the noise is so dialed up that he yeah. just collapses. Well, it was just it was it's it didn't have to go far to understand, yeah. it and it's horrible. Yeah, and also it also like you know knowing now what we know about that particular type of of mental illness completely and how he could have been yeah. saved or hopefully seen or at least understood and, yeah you know what i completely, mean completely completely but like uh like i didn't know anything about that guy i, I did a movie with andrea riceboro what did you do with her it hasn't it's not out yet oh great okay well, like i'm like uh i play her like uh it's called two leslie it's a movie that we shot in the middle of COVID. Oh, wow. We shot it in 19 days. Wow. She was probably on it longer. It was shot on film by a guy named Mike Morris, who's, I think, British, and he does a lot of Better Call Saul's in his first movie. Oh, wow. And it's this we She plays a Texan. I play a Texan. Like, uh, she's so fierce, isn't she? She's just so good. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Gonna, I don't know what to do with her. Like, love, you know, you watch her, like, holy shit. But this yeah. part for her is such a beautiful kind yeah. of like. You know, kind of a classic, you know, Victorian aggravated spinster. Yeah, absolutely. And he, it's she, like, she's trying to be the adult in the room where everything is just so fucking yeah. chaotic because Louis and, can't do it. And he marries the governess who, in real life, not that, you know, Claire Foy looks anything but 10 years younger than me. Yeah. But she was 10 years older. So those are both sort of exileable kind right. of conditions. So yeah. they lived in exile. They were literally exiled from the family and from Victorian society as the odd couple who lived near Hampstead Heath back in the day when that was an exile from London. And they, that's when they adopted the cat. It was because Andrea's character yeah. is the f- matriarch, really, yeah. with a mother who's a little bit uh, ill and out of it, just couldn't bear the shame. She couldn't bear being right. the one, the proprietor's kind of authority figure in that it, family. And she was, I think, it was, so it's, good. it's a, it's almost, so it's a comic role, it's really. It's very comic. I mean, that it's scene great. with her and Claire at the door. Um, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's just, crazy. It's a masterclass, the, uh, sort of the fine line between terrifying and funny. Yeah. yeah, and I didn't realize that cats were so like you know people just didn't like them. They were just like for mousing and like they were the lower class completely. people. They were one up from the vermin. They were trained and bred to catch. And a bag of cats drowning was not a phrase. It was a reality yeah. all the fucking time. Is that her? Mm, coffee cool. Yeah, it might be. Hold on. So wait, you went you you haven't had coffee lately? Not much, no, no. I had COVID and I just kind of cut out anything. How many, uh, like, not, not when did you have COVID? I had it about a month ago. Really? Actually, last three weeks ago is when my sort of uh, isolation ended, yeah. Oh, re- so oh, so you got it late? I mean, yeah, compared to everyone else that has it or had it, yeah. Did you, but you hadn't gotten vaccined yet? Oh, yeah, double vaccine. I'm and a, you still got it? a breakthrough it? case. Although I have to say about the breakthrough thing, I think, you know, vaccines do probably work for six months. Yeah. And then you should really look at a top Did you, is it, I, you only got it once though? We didn't, no, we had, I had both, but I'd had my second dose six months before but, I went into but you a only had crowded COVID, room. You only had the, COVID once? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I do know a couple of people have had it like three times. Really? Yeah, and all of which, not badly. And I'm like, you motherfuckers. <laughs> Just like, wow. you know, the other ones are living free lives and taking all the risks and you'd be very lucky. But I like, tested myself today. Yeah, I did too. Yeah, and, and yesterday and the day before. Yeah, well, because you got to shoot. I don't have to shoot. I just well, have a box of tests. But you know, and also we're doing this in a closed room, <laughs> right. and like you know. Well, yeah, and I got to travel tomorrow. But I, I just got the booster. I'm boostered. Oh, you're fine. A week ago, the who the fuck I, knows? I, I had to get my own by getting sick, which I don't recommend. No. <laughs> it's much better. How sick did you get? 
you know, five days of pretty nasty kind really? of fever and had a yeah, I wasn't well. But I mean, not taste the taste and smell thing was so weird and it's only just now come properly. Really? Back. I would get the taste of something yeah. at the beginning of it and then it would just go like a ghost. It was like, oh, what was huh. that? And then you know, and then when it came back it was the same thing. It was like, hang on, hang on, I think that's an apple. I know it oh, is because I'm shit. eating one, but it didn't last. It's the worst. It's really weird. Yeah, it's the worst. I yeah, can't. Yeah. So the, okay, so let's talk about this yeah. cat thing because like that's like because yeah. like I'm a cat guy. Yeah. You know, my friend Kit's a cat person. Yeah. And like I just did a, a benefit last night for for pit bulls and it was like it was difficult for me because they, <laughs> they have these big pictures. Oh, you're so sort of, you're so much a cat guy that you're not a. No, I dog grew up with guy. dogs, but like okay. I really cannot handle the neediness of dogs. I resent them. Like, okay, <laughs> like you're he, much more sophisticated than me. I'm just I'm I'm so needy. I fucking love it when someone else needs me. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Of course I mean, I I'm needy, but like it, it's a, you got to go through quite an obstacle course for me <laughs> it's, like yeah, any- it's pretty easy to satisfy dogs need to have to but you know I, I i find them i don't know claire claire made a really good comparison claire foy who, who plays um she's Emily great film. she's just always amazing she's a dear friend we worked together before and we yeah. know each other well and she said uh in one of our interviews she went yeah, I, get, I don't know. I like cats. I can admire them, but I don't know if I'd want to live with them. It's a bit like a supermodel. You're like, you know, you're great, but it's kind of freaking me out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, you know, you gotta you gotta work awfully hard. Yeah, uh, and you're you not built, even sure you're getting. Much. I know you built a whole. I built know, a catio like, cat, for him. Catio. Well, that's yeah. The there's it, there's only a couple of frequencies that cats right. have, but you know they are. When you do get something, it's a lot more exciting. I guess because they are—they're pretty wild. They're mag- mag- in a magical yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah, and like, but like dogs, right? <laughs> they're you know they—they're all out all the time. Like cats <laughs> all—they'll do something like holy shit. But I love—I love whippets who have quite a sort of eccentric. Yeah, oh, they have wow. bursts of affection, and then they're like—they're very happy to just curl up by they're a kind fire. Of, but they're and, so and skinny and weird. But they're very affectionate and lovely. And not, you know, I do don't have a dog one? to be fleshy and airy to love. You know, yeah. I can love a skinny no, dog. No, I know. I, I have, grew up with old English sheepdogs. We have four of them. <laughs> that's too hairy. Too many. Me. Yeah, that's a lot of hair. A lot like of hair. But I didn't realize that, you know, that Louis Wayne sort of helped popularize the cat yeah, as a pet. Very much. And and are do, now those are those paintings worth money now? I mean, I, or, uh, yeah, and I, you know, maybe this will bring him back into a focus again. I mean, if you because they are sort of one, illustrations. Yeah, you should you should get one now, Mark. That's what I'm saying. Oh, really? Hopefully, if our bring film it, does anything, it, back, it might, you might, know, yeah, might raise, raise the, the value because he was <laughs> work, yeah. he, he was what you would call, I think, an outsider artist. I as guess he, so. Yeah, as he got later in his life, and because yeah. that's a great moment in the hospital yeah. where the you know where the the nurse says you know he's insane and you know look at what he's doing it's crazy. Remember and what actually, the amazing and it was actually really kind of. Provocative. And that was the stuff that was it completely. It was yeah. the psychedelic era yeah. that then picked him up again in the sixties and seventies. Oh, they you know, did, yeah, massively. And you know who's in the film? He's a massive collector and fan of him. Nick, Nick Cave? Cave, yeah, that's, yeah. He's that's got why that. He's brief. Is he H.G. Wells? Is he's that who he's Wells. supposed to be? He's Nick Cave as H.G. Wells. Yeah, I know, it's yeah. wonderful. Yeah, but it's, it's it's one of those sort of things again with the biopic of like you know, it's a very Nick loves that guy. Yeah, he just wanted to do it, and he, he, you know, he said, oh, "Am I doing okay? I just feel like I'm me." And I said, "That's that's <laughs> kind fine. of what it's it like needs it. to be. It's you're, brilliant." You're in it for thirty seconds. You just <laughs> knock yourself out. <laughs> don't str- don't sweat it too much. No, just be cool. Um, yeah, well, I love those idiosyncrasies, and without you know, throughout the kind of casting and just. Will's just a great storyteller. He creates a world, and you know, oh, yeah, really it was really, it, it was you know? great. It was great. You know, I found it moving. You know, because I had you know experienced some grief in the last year in a very profound way, in a similar way that he had, and um, 
and you know it, it was I, i've been noticing it's, it's a hard it's a hard watch for that and I, yeah no it's I'm a good watch that for that you've experienced that recently it's it's well okay that's good to hear that's good you know hear. because like you don't know what the hell to do with that yeah you, you know yeah. no one knows what to do with that yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's not really and there's no real public discourse around it no. and, and like that guy you know even yeah. even the way it's handled i think that yeah. oddly you know in those i would imagine in those cultures in the Victorian culture, because so many fucking people were dying of so many different things, yeah. that there was a different type of acceptance and process around grief. Of course, of course, there was. <laughs> I, I mean, you know, I, you know, and also there was this this formality, I guess, whereby, uh, you know, I don't know. I mean, there was a lot of grieving. Victoria was in black for a lot of her life. I mean, I went to a <laughs> yeah. fucking school where we still wore a black tie out of grief for, and that was that started in the Victorian era. I thought, why are we still wearing a black tie? Oh, because of Prince Albert. Really? What? He what what what, what, what Prince Albert? <laughs> Oh, you know, Queen Victoria's husband. What? what? That, that's where it started? <laughs> yeah, that's that. I mean, yeah, there was a lot about that school. I guess it's, all, yeah, it's just like darkness. Crazy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And there is there is that. But um, I don't know. There's this huge sort of burst of productivity in life and mechanization and energy with the Victorian. But there's this huge yeah, that was slapping kind too. of restriction of s- sort of sober conformity. Like, stay in your fucking lane. And if you don't, you... You repression know, and, and weird moral it. judgment uh, yeah. you know restrictive I didn't look uh, into the death thing so much I just I saw it through Louis's eyes I saw it through Will's scripting of it which I just thought was so extraordinary the way you know he just said look I just want you to come into the room see it and just and walk away from it right and well, try and deal with it right somewhere else right well I think uh, that, like and, for that guy to process it properly and not you know in a you, you know, I don't think there was any way that guy could integrate it properly no. and I guess like where I'm going with this in, in, in my own curiosity and you explained how you constructed that character. Mm. So when you when you approach a story like The Power of the Dog, which I didn't know what the fuck that movie was. Yeah. You know, like, you know, when I got into it, like, it seems like this has happened to me a lot. I go see the movies and I don't read much about it, which is the only way to do it. I didn't know, I didn't know anything about Louis Wayne. It's the Zero. Way, isn't it? It's the yeah, best. it's great. You have a discovery that's based on what so the watching, storytellers yeah. give you, right? So it's... I'm watching this sparse Western. It seems like it's going to be a Western. I have no idea where it's going. And then by, you know, the, the, you know, the third act, I'm like, what the what is happening so (laughs) so with with that guy with phil burbank and these brothers like well i like uh plemons and i you know dunston the the kid was really good everyone was good but here you are in an american environment like a classic american setting so you've got to like do that accent business yeah but what do you do with that guy like when you read that script what is the thing you see in it that makes you go well this is the engine of this guy outside of like you know whatever repression we're dealing with but i mean what was it well that's kind of it i mean you know that's it i think yeah the real fuel for him is is how how vulnerable he is what his scar is and his secret and it's a pretty big one it's rare that you get to carry that sort of thing out of you know anything other than the backstory which is just that bit of the iceberg that's not actually on the screen but you kind of need to give you that you know, yeah, I get it, but well, choices, they, well, this whole but thing is this, the unfolding of that, exactly. and so we don't want to spoil both. it. Well, you get both, which is which is part of the gift. I mean, look, Jane Campion comes both. calling You're right again. Tick. Yeah, uh, you you see a part like that in a in a book like that. Which yeah. I, I'd only had until until after the conversation you read the book? with Jane, and that yeah, I mean, I think the book is just a masterful piece of. Pro- it's really one of the greatest American novels. Really? Period. Oh, it's it's very special. How is it new? No, it was written in the sixties. No kidding. Mm, yeah, Thomas Savage is based on a family um, interaction. You know, he, he, his uncle, um, great uncle, I suppose. Because it's almost uh, it's, like it, as as a as a film, it almost it, it it plays like a fable within a fable. Right. Like after a certain point, you're like, is Bronco Henry real? Oh, you thought that sometimes. 
Interesting. Because, like, you know, the the shrining of the saddle and all that stuff, I get that. Yeah. But but it it, it plays in that story on I screen. I guess you could question whether the story is a real mythology. Or a but yeah, he's a he's almost a mythical figure right. completely. But I think it's, and yeah, he. I see what you're saying about a story within a story. There is that this off screen character who has a massive presence, but isn't there too. Yeah, and and a massive presence that that is that is multi layered. Yeah, completely. You because know, because your character is telling stories about this guy, and obviously the relationship between your character and Bronco Billy is something we don't understand. Yeah, and all the other guys are jumping around, hooting and hollering, and thinking it's funny and what yeah, a guy. Right. I wish we'd known him. And 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 Jesse's character, my brother George, who you know th- we've run this ranch for twenty five years. He taught us all everything, both of us, everything we needed to know to make but a Jesse never talks about it and he's not interested he well this is the thing that happens at the beginning of the film you meet these two characters who are brothers who live this very kind of yeah. codependent life but one of them to guess what is drifting towards the future and love yeah and the other one is trying to hold back and celebrate the past and it, it tears him apart he sees his brother and he can't going move forward the, and he can't it. move forward from it because he you know the only the only way he can live with his secret is to sort of is to keep it alive in some way in the public vein and then you know see privately how he does that as well in this but also but because of that you know that character that kind of mm. you know the repression that becomes antithetic the the opposite characterologically uh, of what he is yeah. in order to to maintain face yeah. among the men yeah. it's a huge problem yeah it is yeah it it's is. like it's a huge problem with fascism yeah yeah <laughs> in yeah. some ways this absolutely yeah they look under the hood of most monstrous people in history yeah. and you know you've had a couple of them pass through in this in this neck of the woods and uh and we've got them in europe and they're everywhere in the world for christ's sake i'm speaking to brazilians today and thinking yeah. about him and you know it, it where is the repression where's the the mum that didn't give the love or yeah. the, the secret of the sexuality or lack of authentic self-lived and how does that twist people into a pretzel of hate and oh, bitterness yeah, and anger and rage and you know, that's where this film is important. We didn't set out to make a piece that was thematically based, but, you know, Jane's obviously somebody who's tackled aspects of this before, but more sure. through a female lens of a female yeah. lead. But that was definitely one of the lures, but, I think, for her as, a, as an artist wanted to tell this story. But mm. it's just come about. I mean, the book is the most amazing blueprint for my character's um, sure. characterization you can imagine. I mean, when you're talking about how to build a character and wh- where, where those ideas well, you had come it from, all there. massively. And then Jane's script, our discussion, the kind of investment we gave the, the runway. I'm usually building a plane as it takes off because of scheduling. This time I had months to talk to her, admittedly, with some other projects that fitted around. Yeah. But, you know, she we, we, kind of, we kind of both held this thing very, very... Um, delicately, we really wanted to get this man right because of his complexity and, and, and what Savage was carrying in it and where it should take the audience, this this abhorrent character that then you lean into through understanding and yeah. empathy. And we did everything. We, I mean, she said to me one day, have you ever tried dream therapy? And I went, no, Jen, I haven't. Well, I'm doing it. It's really good. You said, try it. Do you, huh. you want to try it? And I said, absolutely. Really? And I said, yes, of course I do. Yeah. You're offering me another tool to get there. I, let's dig deep. Dream let's do therapy. it. Dream therapy. Yeah, so I worked with an amazing woman called Kim Gillingham, who's a Jungian dream analyst. Analyst. How'd that go? Would you never learn? ever say that word first time? Sorry. Right? And, no, I know it's fine. <laughs> I always say analyst. I don't know what an analyst like is. It. An analyst. analyst. And she's um, she's just an expert in that realm of seeing the subconscious. As so would you wake of, up and you got to write it down real exactly, quick? Exactly. Yeah, you have a journal and you kind of just write out what you can remember. Were you surprised by what she said? Uh, yeah. How very, did it help because the because I found what I was dreaming to be very mundane, and guess what? Sure. You know, Every now and again, I'd get Jane comparing her dreams, and it was like, you know, 
I'm paraphrasing it, but like lilies exploding with blood in someone's face. And I was Holy like, shit. okay, cool. You're Jane Campion. Yeah. I meanwhile are dreaming about leaving the oven on or have I fucking <laughs> left the house without the keys? Do you know what I mean? Different Threshold character. anxiety is about it's as high as my imaginative state. It's got. a different character. That's a <laughs> different character. <laughs> Those are the ones that inform the, the Louis character and the, and the other guy. The, exactly. Uh, but eventually stuff did come up. And even if it wasn't the mundane, it was kind of extraordinary. And, yeah, what a great resource to be able to use working when you're asleep. I mean, you shouldn't use it all the time because you do, I think, sleep a lot lighter. Um, I've, I've, a little I've, bit like lucid dreaming. Have you ever tried that? Ever I've done, done things where, like, you know, what I've noticed, and I don't necessarily write it down, but yeah. I, I, there were moments where, especially when I was in, like, deep sadness, where if I would drift off for a second, yeah. it was like I had this whole other life that I had a lot of things. Go- it wasn't a dream thing, though. It was sort of like I had Daydreaming a schedule, I had or- to be places. Right, okay. No, it was literally like an alternate world wow. where I was living different life. Wow. And it seemed very real in those moments. And I'd wake up and I'd be like, holy shit, would, I, I got to well, hope that guy's okay. He seemed to have a lot to do. You know, like there was- Someone living a parallel existence in your dreams. It was me. That's amazing. With with a whole other you know set of things to do. Yeah, it was very. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it seemed very. It was like. What if was, that is happening somewhere? Well, that's the thing. It's almost like on your computer if you have an Apple where it says yeah. guest user. Yeah. Like and you know you kind of sign into that one. Yeah, and you're yeah, like, yeah. no, that's the other me. That's the, <laughs> you do that. That's amazing. No, I don't do it, but that's what it felt like. Yeah. Like yeah. there's a whole other there's hard a whole drive. Other iCal there. Yeah. <laughs> with similar shit, but exactly. slightly different. But slightly different. Yeah. <laughs> that guy's doing better than I am. He's got I think. a hoverboard or whatever that is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Hey, hi, excuse me. This is me in the present, okay? I'm not talking to Benedict Cumberbatch right now. I'm talking to you. This is the part of the talk where it really became impossible for us to continue talking about the movie without getting into some of the details of what happens to the character. So, you listening? Listen. If you skip ahead exactly 10 minutes and 15 seconds from when I tell you to, you'll jump over that whole part of the talk. I can tell you this. Uh, This part wound up being a really great part of the conversation, and we were actually kind of arguing about the movie in a good way, the way you're supposed to argue about something provocative. So do what you want. Just don't say I didn't warn you if you haven't yet watched the film. All right? So you can skip ahead 10 minutes and 15 seconds right now. But, Uh like, I thought that the the resolution of that thing, like, it's weird, as empathetic Mm -hmm. as that guy became when he was able to, you know, at least have moments of of uh, sensitivity and connection with yeah, that kid yeah. i you know i i didn't feel bad about well i don't want to spoil what, too you much. know oh really okay you want those guys okay fine that's okay you like beginning middles and end. that's fine no but i mean like <laughs> when 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 whatever happened happened no i get you yeah i know exactly what you're saying i know what we can't say but it's sort of there in a the book but yeah it's weird well, no I, no I, no it's like i just I, like i want people to have the experience i, I don't so think do I. They're, no I don't. listen i'm a marvel guy and i'm i infuriate fans by saying i'm not going to give anything away before the film because i yeah, just yeah well know, this I want, isn't I one of those everything. huge reveals but it's kind of a clever thing and it's yeah, the turn it kind of is the third of, act in, in terms of this story it is, yeah it's a huge yeah 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 and it's we kind of don't stay around in such an obvious way i think people could pick it together but i anyway maybe but but not not in a specific way but like that moment where Netflix you know, where, will not be ringing us saying what the fuck right, okay, right, yeah, right. they'll be all right <laughs> Netflix is gonna be fine but the uh that moment where you know you the, the you didn't of, have any empathy for a man who's not able to live his no, life I had with empathy. any I had empathy you didn't have I'm any saying I had empathy yeah but, but it's the way it should end yeah no I think it's obviously the way it should end but when 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 the moment that, that it goes down yeah you know I was like my 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 heart was with the kid Right. Like as dark as that kid is, yeah, 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 and as seemingly oh, emotional. That's a shame. I think it should be more confusing than that. But yeah, no, people I mean, people will do that. You it's know. obviously confusing. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, but 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 like, how many people did that guy break? At what point is karma? To, I mean, I understand empathy, yeah, but, yeah, but yeah. at what point does karma become operative? You know, in, in reaping what you sow on some uh, level. For, for sure, for sure, for sure. But the tragedy of it is, it's just to the point that he's transforming, that he's becoming. Is he though? Yeah, I think so. I think he's melting into something that's utterly different. He's, you know, he's not. He's no longer in the position where it's just a power trip to try and rip the umbilical the cord away from with the mother the you know by recruiting him yeah he's not just a tool in he's just saying the mother he's falling in love or, with the or destroying the kid he's himself. falling in love with him he's yeah yeah I can, okay i mean again we're oh, really spoiler it. territory now. <laughs> like sake we really it's like the entire fifth act um but you know there is a shift at the end of this film ladies and gentlemen that's yeah and but I think, i'll tell you though though that turn you know where you know you miss your character sort of misunderstands the depth of that character's emotional uh, oh, uh completely, completely. And, and then he just kind of snaps the neck of that rabbit and you're like and he's what like, whoa okay <laughs> i know i know <laughs> i know that's not who i thought uh, i was having a picnic with yeah exactly it's all very reminiscent like there are moments where it's reminiscent of like Dahmer. there's rem- there's moments where it's reminiscent of a potential serial killer in uh, terms of his disposition wow, wow you know his detachment and yeah, also yeah, yeah, you, yeah. you know you start to question yeah, yeah. the the repercussions of his uh necessary repression right i wish we could talk about the whole film it's so frustrating because I, I of course I that you know it leaves you in a place where you're going hmm I wonder what's going to happen next. You know, it, 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 and what's his scar from right, this? Wait, where's any? the horror movie sequel? Does he just sequel? shut the door on that, or is there go- exactly? Or mm. is, does he turn into Anthony Perkins? And I also right, <laughs> and I also think that uh, you know, Plemons character, like he, the other, like the one thing that you start to realize with yeah. his, you know, you calling him fatso all the time and or whatever it is, and then uh, you know his lack of ability to communicate properly. But he's also the one that didn't have the relationship that you had. With Bronco uh, Henry, true. Yeah, so, yeah. so, so, you know, like, and he knows what happened, right? Oh, you think he does? Of course, That's he has to. So he's got to shut that shit of down. Of course, he has to. Sure. Why? Because everyone knows. You know, if you're getting, you don't think your brother fucking knows? Do they though? I think they. You could they see the obsession and wonder, but does he actually know that? Something hey, look, if that kid could find the secret fort, you don't think the fucking brother could? Who you no, grew up with? No, I don't think so. Uh, all right. Mm. Well, that's. I mean, it's a, it's a question for Jesse, but um. Oh, but I, I don't know. I didn't read the book, so you know something I don't know. I just think there's such a disconnect with this brother. Um, he needs him because that is who he runs his life with. The disconnect with Jesse. Can't get, yeah, he can't get it. He can't. It's not just. It's in this. It's very in that moment, but in the book and, mm. and in in their relationship throughout their life before this moment, yeah. that we meet them where they're drifting apart yeah. completely. He's tried to engage him. He's tried to make him someone who's invested in the world, who's curious, who's just wanting to be more than just existing, and he he can't. Yeah, and. I don't know that that's really rich enough makeup for someone to kind of completely understand. Well, not understand. Something that would have had to be. I just think it's very easy from the 21st century perspective to go, right, okay, yeah, the kid got it. Yeah, he's ticking off the bully. That's great. Oh, right, that guy. Uh, he's he he understands his brother, but he's just sucking it up like he does every. I don't think bo- he understands every, every kind of body shaming insult. I think if you look at 1925 culture, yeah, where well, this man could not, my character Phil could yeah. not be who he really was, yeah, because of it being illegal and bec- not, let alone culturally unacceptable, societally unacceptable, like and personally unacceptable, unlawful, and just and personally, yeah, for himself, yeah. he probably doesn't even sure. fully understand it before it's cut short. In the book, he sees Bronco being trampled to death in a corral when he's 19, you know. Wow, I got to read this book. So, it's but, great. But I, um, I guess if we get deeper, we're gonna we, like we. Have but no, I, I, I mean, I yeah. don't want to get into an arm wrestle about your perspective because I think a lot of people share. It and it just, I do. I the thing is, I do get, I get defensive of Phil in a sense, not because I played him, but because 
you know, I think there should be ambiguity about what is it's not black and white it's not just of course a, a vengeance not. drama yeah. About, yeah. no no you know, no no, no. no i don't i don't like, i don't think it is and i didn't yeah. and, and that was not the feeling i got okay it was just a, it was it, the kid it, has to do what the kid has to do i think that and that's the propulsion of the tragedy in a way because just when there is a possibility i think really a door opening of oh this guy's behavior is going to mellow he this is going to be a tutor mental relationship with something else potentially involved we okay don't know. fine yeah but the but mother the, but, is going to recover from her alcoholism it's been discovered george is on it no, by the way, you know, okay, sure. fine, you know, alcoholism doesn't just get cured overnight. But if the source of her terror yeah. is something that's being pacified by a new relationship with the son. I, but it's makes it, it, there is a there's just I think there's a moment of okay, hope for no, him to I don't, you know maybe right. I'm being, being naive naive about it but and yeah okay how many people is he broken sure but it still goes back to yeah but still the, the assumption is the moment of hope is like you know, that means that you know somehow or another I don't believe I guess what I'm saying in a very kind of liberal ways I do not believe in vindictive justice I believe in restorative justice I believe the idea that people okay, should be examined and understood fine and not just locked up and thrown well, away well, that, otherwise the problem okay, keeps of existing of course I believe I mean? that too but I'm talking about the movie. <laughs> Yeah, we're we're making know, movies here, so so and and it's like you know I believe all those things too, but I think in in the movie that I saw, it's, you know, for it's the only satisfying outcome, I agree. It's a satisfying outcome, but also like you know, like if you understand people and you believe in restorative justice and all that stuff, there's no reason to believe that that guy overnight because of that kid is going to change his ways for the duration of it. It doesn't make what he wants and what he does any more legal or comfortable or anything else. So like, however that's going to go, if he's meeting someone who's comfortable with who he is and if he falls in love with someone who becomes openly gay but not openly gay of course he can't do that but there's a secretive love affair sure he's sure enough not gonna go on hating on Rose why would he okay he may not hate on Rose but what's he gonna do about all those fucking roughnecks what's he gonna do about his brother he will be he he will be the same alpha male but he will not he doesn't need to control things in the same way as I think he does if he's living with a secret by a river where he gets naked every three months sure okay I get it I get it yeah so like well this was I just think we can really understand underestimate what that damage was that he lived with well, all you, but, his life uh, as a 21st century audience you know no i get it so like but but you put this like in order to make this guy yeah these were thoughts that you had to have for sure for sure so i can't so, undo them you know so, I'm, 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 I'm getting hot in here it's getting so fucking heated <laughs> but, but like but, know, so, but and, and i can see things objectively but it, i think what i have a problem with sometimes in the q a afterwards and it's like Cheers for Peter and yeah. God damn it, men are fucking assholes and poor Rose, sympathy okay. for her yeah, as, yeah. A, as a victim. I think if you just go hero, victim, nice guy, George and baddie, I just feel then it's like, oh, we're, we're doomed to be telling this story Look, again I'll in be, I know, years. But, yeah, I, mean, I, I get that. But yeah. like what, what I'm telling you is, you know, I didn't feel good. Like I didn't have any high hopes for the kid either. Oh, the, really? Interesting. Because so, there's a bill to pay there, you mean? Of course. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's interesting. From, from the it's, beginning, there's yeah, a bill to pay. Yeah. That you know and what's what, Cody's Cody's got it down. What he says in in when we've talked about it in, in public um, to people again who've seen the film, but he, he says you know he and I think all of us had this reaction when we first encountered the material fresh as audience yeah. you know do when they see this film. Right. It is our misjudgment of this character that is the character arc of that character. He is who he is at the beginning of the, the film. The kid. 
Yeah. Cody. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, so, and, and that's what you're alluding to now. And that, and I, I completely agree with that. Like, yeah. It's I mean, just a I, slow it, reveal because guess yeah, what? Yeah. It's you know, a slow reveal, but I'm not. I we, didn't we're think misstepped like, through the storytelling yeah, you know, purposely, you know. But but on some level, yeah. you know, that kid's transgression is much deeper than yours and much more horrible. So it's not like, you know, uh, I, I know. Yeah. It's I, not I black see, and white. I know. I know. I don't I know, see him as the hero. Yeah. 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 yeah I'm yeah. just saying, like, you know, the, the, the sort of the provocative nature of that dynamic and how they both paid for whatever the fuck they are. It's yeah. Yeah, horrible, but yeah, that guy yeah. doesn't go on to 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 live a you know a dandy life in the city. Yeah, yeah maybe yeah. he does. I, yeah. But he maybe did writes what a novel did. about it. Maybe that's t- I don't know. <laughs> Thomas Savage's secret. No, I shouldn't say that. His family is still alive, and they're very supportive of the film. But you know, it's based on it's a based true on story. true story. Yeah, holy yeah, shit. Yeah. So, all right. So, when do you? How does you grew up with actors? I did. Mark, can I ask you something again? You go to the bathroom? No, 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 I'm fine. Oh. I'm just I am slightly worried about how much we've talked about stuff that we can't reveal. Is that cool? What what part do you not want uh, to reveal? Just, I, it just it depends when this is coming out as well. I mean, once, it, once this is on Netflix, hopefully people have seen it, but if it's if if your this podcast is like next week, I'm like, Ooh. I don't know. We'll, oh, figure, wait, sorry, sorry, we'll sorry. figure it out. We'll figure it out. I don't, I hope we don't lose all of it. It's good. I know, I know. I know. Who, what were the instructions you got? What from Jane? Yeah. Oh, from what to talk about? Yeah. It's difficult. I've just done an interview with a guy who's, you know, it's going to come out on the LA Times or something like in January. So I was like, yeah, baby, let's just get, yeah, right. let's get it January. all of it. Yeah, oh, yeah exactly. Okay. Uh, so, but like where, because I don't like, I don't live in the UK and like you seem to have uh, been at it for a long time. A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm sort of a 17 year overnight success kind of thing. I, I, Sherlock was the sort of big leap into the limelight, I guess, which translated internationally for me. But and, before uh, that, you were a big stage actor as well. Yeah, and and theatre and some film as well. Yeah. But yeah. where does it start? Like, how does it, like like you grew up with a uh, mum and dad, both actors, both actors. Yeah, yeah like, but still. working actors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And big, actors, big. Yeah. Do you like the the name you have? It seems like a big, complicated name, Benedict. There's yeah, a my dad. Names. My dad was advised to change it. Everyone said you, people won't be able to say. But it is or it one of those it. families that goes back? I mean, do do you like? Is there something similar? In class to uh, to the uh, Louis Wayne character, like are, are you a, uh, you know bordering on royalty of any kind? Oh or? God, I don't know. But there was one thing when I was I, I spoke at the internment of Richard the Third's um, body, and um, yeah, somebody had worked out on the day or, or a few days before that there was some lineage and some relation to him. Oh really? Yeah, I mean, but I mean, you know, that's it's a small island. What can I say? <laughs> <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know, but deeply um, British. But no, it was it was a bit of research, and it made me. I, don't know, I guess it made me feel a little bit more. The internment. I also. The... I just. Well, I just played him in a BBC adaptation um, uh, of the Hollow Crown, the series that Sam Mendes did, and uh, uh, for Dominic Cook, who directed yeah. all three of our plays. Um, I played him from when he first appears in the Henrys to to Richard the Third itself, and um, yeah. I guess that was the first correlation that meant, oh, okay, we could ask him to read this beautiful poem by Caroline Duffy, the um, ex-poet laureate. Um, And boy, can she write something extraordinary for the occasion. It was in the the internment. So there was the whole thing of the king in the car park, right? They found his body underneath uh, NCP and, you know, a car park firm's tarmac. How did they know it was him? Um, you know, carbon dating okay, stuff that was okay. around him. I can't actually remember all the yeah, details, yeah. but it was. So they, <laughs> we, we they, were all there because it was verified. It was real. So they, um, and then they properly buried they him. Properly buried him. When was this? Oh, I want to say about four, at least six years ago. Now, wow, that's ago, I don't yeah. know that story. Yeah. Huh. Um, so I guess that's my closest link to royalty. So, 
But no, I mean, yeah, not not a long history of actors either. I mean, mum and dad were the first generation to, to do that in their families, and it was very much frowned upon when they they said. What were what the family? What was the family mostly uh, like? Mum came from a pretty sort of middle to working class yeah. background. Dad yeah. was a wine uh, trader and a desert rat in the Second World War. She, you know that oh, tank really? brigade that fought yeah, yeah. Rommel. Um, my dad's side. Uh, my mum, my grandmother on that side uh, came from a sort of uh, uh, English family that owned, I think, a tea estate in India or something. And his dad was a submarine commander and his uncle was in the uh, diplomatic. It's a bit of a line in that. Huh. And it goes back. And then goes back. There's there's lots of history. Lots, as I've been discovering. It's exciting. And, yeah. It's exciting British exciting history. And, yeah, you got the full uh, spectrum of it. Seems. Yeah. Yeah. All of it. The good and the very bad. And your wife's yeah. British? Uh, she is, yes. 100%. Sophie. Kind of? Yeah, well, I didn't. All the way back? Know, I didn't. <laughs> that wasn't a prerequisite. No, but that I'm just curious like, because like hey, you said, yeah. it's a small island. So like, you know, you kind of wonder because like this is a country built on immigrants. You're not going to find any Quite right, yeah. Blood, I know, you know? I, no, of course not. And so that whole idea of nationhood and, and, yeah. and nationalism is it's what's so fucking ridiculous about it. And this state we're in now where we're like, well, now it's know, shut them out, don't become, let any more of them in the others. And you think, viral. It's, just, yeah. it's horrible. No, it's terrible. Yeah. It's really horrible. And you just think, come on, what are we composed of here? I know. We're all the we're, same. We, we, yeah. You know? So when you're growing up, though, do you like? I, I imagine there's something about uh, having parents who are actors and seeing them on stage and then not on stage. You yeah. kind of a couple of things happen. I guess yeah. you realize the job of it, yeah, completely. and you also realize the transformative power of it, yeah, and you realize that there is a a craft to it. Yeah, all those things. Yeah, yeah, and a community and um, a, a very exciting enjoyment of it. And community, absolutely, and a, and a diverse community. You know, just yeah. Seeing a crew and a cast hang out after a rap party, seeing at the house, I imagine at, your at house? someone's house. No, it wasn't our house. No, we, we, mum and dad have a flat in Kensington, which they've had since the seventies. Yeah. something like three grand. You oh know? yeah, yeah, yeah. It's always one of those things. As you know, posh boy brought up in Kensington. Well, yeah, I'm certainly very privileged back, background and upbringing. Yeah. But it was a flat that mum bought for three thousand pounds, <laughs> and that's where they stay. And there's still the same paisley wallpaper in the bathroom. Yeah, yeah. And, so the, um, the parties were at the house of the producers. Oh, or? it was another actor. I think it was yeah. Murray Watson. That particular production, yeah. a lovely, great late actor of of of, um, of our country and a, a dear friend who's granddaughter. I'm actually god godfather to uh -huh. um, him and uh, me and uh, her daughter were really good friends. And I sort of had a, my first boyhood crush on her, Emma Watson, and uh, not the Emma Watson, but another one. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I was. I remember being at her wedding. And everyone turned around. If anyone here knows any Jew impediment, by these two or nothing, <laughs> and everyone turned around. I was just kind of smiling cheekily. But, <laughs> bit of an age gap uh, yeah, yeah, but yeah yeah it was very sweet very yeah, sweet and sweet. um i do all that family and so yeah i remember that party but i also you saw about the transformative thing i remember standing on the back of um i can't remember what production it was um, but it was a comedy and it was in the west end i think it was a ray cooney farce potentially because mum did a lot of those in yeah. the 80s and 90s i don't even know what that is farce or the, ray no no ray cooney he's a yeah he's a he's a he's a farcer Oh yeah, he's a writer of farce. Yeah, yeah. And it's, and a, an it's a British thing. It's a very British thing. Okay, um, lot, full of lots of sort of uh, double entendre yeah. and people yeah, yeah. Okay. compromising yeah, right, positions. Right, right. And sure. it's yeah, um, but based on the kind of Fado model of like opening and shutting doors, and you know oh, yeah, the, yeah. the pace builds up and the you know the stakes get higher and higher, it gets more and more ridiculous. It's an entertaining thing. Yeah, man. And I saw um, Mum just in the wings, kind of chatting to somebody about to cue her, and then. Um, actually not cue what am I talking about I don't think there was that it's not a live show so it must have been just probably the stage manager yeah, yeah. doing her cues yeah. 
and I she's about to go side, and you know there's this the flats around you know yeah, I mean, yeah, it's yeah. just like there's nothing there that speaks of the world she's about to enter yeah and i just saw this sort of drop of her and this and this opening of the door this blast of heat and light and my mum just becoming someone else and walking out into this world where there were people watching her yeah, i was yeah. like what is that yeah, yeah what yeah, is yeah. that that's crazy that's the I've best part it's the best part she was the... my mum and i just suddenly saw this you? shift uh i can't remember young you know, you know but there's that under, world under that the world of the wings is the best part of show business. it's amazing it's it, amazing because like you just step through the door yeah. and you are so, it's immediate transformation yeah. there's the whole thing of method it's like these you turn it on and off you yeah. have to you can't go around being the person you're on stage all the time i, I take my hat off to anyone who does or even more the people that that, that suffer that work but, but that's method. like but, the weird thing about dues paying and about like you know the experience like no matter yeah. what your training is yeah. like when you walk out there there's some part of you that is naturally going to open up to yes. that yes and yes. you know and that's all you're hoping for yeah is yeah. that like you no longer fear that yeah and yeah. and you don't have to worry about that part. or that the fear propels you to be brave and to go into that well, darkness and unknown and tell sure us sure but like well, at some point you, you can't be that. afraid to be out there no, no, you've got to do it because an audience is going to come in and watch it. And yeah, and if you're afraid to be out there, they're yeah. going to feel it and you're not going to be accessible. No, no, because you'll want to control stuff and you'll want to be safe. And do you have brothers and sisters? I had a sister, yeah, oh. my mom, from my mom's first marriage, oh. Trax, who sadly passed away before Christmas. She oh. died of cancer. She'd been battling it for seven years. Oh, God, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Terrible. Yeah. Life yeah. is terrible. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Um, as the great, uh, greatly awful Donald Rumsfeld said, shit happens, but or well, stuff happens. I think. Yeah, yeah. Said, But yeah, it's it's horrible. It's but, horrible. So I guess the benefit- she was she was nothing to do with this world. That was the other thing. Like she was markedly different. She was an artist. She went to the same university as I ended up going you, to. Your my sister, sister tracks. Yeah, yeah she yeah. was brilliant artist, a brilliant fine artist. But uh-huh. I ended up doing a lot of restorative work on well canvas, but also on the frames and oh, really for old and stuff? antiques. Yeah, that's great. Um, but still kept her hand in and did her own work and made the most beautiful Christmas and celebratory cards of any kind of festival. And yeah, she was she was very gifted. And mum is as well. She started as an artist, but then, you know, visual artist, salacious director. No, she was a scenic artist, actually. She was huh. a set deck and she, oh. this, this director the who yeah. sort of took a shine to her, usually be in front of the set, oh, yeah, 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 you know, yeah. all that fruitiness. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, and she went, oh, okay, and got into Central at the same time as Judy Dench and Vanessa Redgrave and that great swathe of young British talent. And oh yeah, yeah, she's that. Those are her peers. And, oh really? Um, yeah. I just saw Kenneth Branagh's new movie. Oh, I'd love to see that. Belfast. Belfast yeah. yeah, is it good? Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, you know, it's personal. Yeah. It's black and white. It's yeah. heavy. I didn't, yeah. but I didn't know any of that stuff. Yeah. Because yeah, I yeah. live here, yeah. and I, you know, I didn't know the the beginning of the troubles and what that must have felt like as a kid. I mean, can you imagine? Yeah. No, yeah. I can't imagine. Yeah. But again, not unlike uh, you know, whatever the subtext of the power of the dog is, you know, you you're dealing with a fracturing of the of the Absolutely. of the people. Absolutely. Around Absolutely. political lines, I, and yeah. yeah, these are neighbors. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That's the fucked up thing that people don't realize is like neighbors will kill neighbors. Oh, for sure. And it's happened over and over again. Every single and page of history a, is full of it. It's the worst. It's, just yeah. one day it just turns on and there yeah. you go. And it's not just uh, the other against the other. It's it's people who live on the same street. You're and right, you've you know? known for your whole life. Yeah, yeah. It's fucked up. It is fucked up. Yeah. So I, I guess the benefit yeah. of having actor parents is that, you know, you get they a reality were, check. There's well, they no, were supportive, no but they were there. the supportive there's, too, right? Completely. Of course they were, but not all the way because, or not at the beginning because they wanted me to do anything but, you know, this peripatetic life, this uncertain yeah. income, this yeah, yeah, not yeah, being able yeah. to plan your life, blah, yeah. blah, blah, you know. And, and, you know, as parents, they, they grieve some of that, you know, school holidays cut into by dad having to fly off back from Greece where we often went as a family to do an advert call that he didn't, then didn't get, but 
that was the end of him in that Greece with so us as a family. Sad. It's it's shit. And but you know, so it was a reality check. I had no romantic notions. But, I just wanted to do what they did. I wanted to earn a living, and I wanted to have the respect of my peers and have a great time. But and that's, th- that's what I saw them doing. Were they disappointed? Are they disappointed? Did their no, careers no, like there you was, know there was no a, bitterness and no oh, like God no no? Which again is a huge thing to do with how eagerless both both of them are. Well, that's I mean, rare. Yeah, my dad is rare in particular. I think mum um, had a lot of uh, really. Yeah, she was in the limelight a lot. My mum's a wonderful anthem, and she was in a series called The Lotus Eaters in, in the BBC, as well as sort of award-winning drama like Breakdown and, and yeah, all sorts of stuff. And she, she was very well known. She was picked up by Jerry Anderson to be this sort of uh, the live-action version of the the Thunderbirds thing he did called UFO. She was in a lot of cult stuff. She uh-huh. was in Hammer Horror films. Oh, okay. And, you know, she's guested in a lot of great, great stuff from Only Fools Oh, so she really had the to, thing. Yeah, she was, she, she's known. She, and yeah, she yeah. was the one in the frozen pea section of the kind of supermarket who would be stopped by someone saying, oh, oh, yeah. oh wait, wait, I know you. Well, you're um, yeah. you're that Sheila Gish, aren't you? No, no, I'm not. No, yeah, you are. You, you're in that musical. You're in, uh, <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's on. I'm thinking, no, that's that's Sheila Gish. I'm, I'm Wanda Ventham. Who? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I know you. Yeah, so yeah, I, I yeah. had all of that kind of. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, uh, the, the, the pre-selfie the kind almost, of thing. Almost star. The, the, just like not get it. Well, just people just I get that occupying a, yeah. a moment with me and my mum by interviewing her yeah with trying to figure out who she is yeah yeah <laughs> it's just like weird yeah and then the worst is i kind of get into elevator i mean she was she is beautiful really beautiful and uh she was a bit of a pinup and you know it's very odd when you get into an elevator with a man who's uh, twice your age and goes oh yeah your mum yeah yeah i like your mum <laughs> and you think christ get me out get me out but it's nice i guess oh you know? it's a compliment to her beauty but i don't really need to hear it from so, the person who is yeah <laughs> creepy yeah yeah creepy yeah, about yeah. it so you but they, once you, uh, your interest was undeniable, they were like, okay. There was a turning point. There was a moment where at university, it took a while, I had to prove to them that I was willing to do further education to have something to fall back on. Although, oh, so you although I did a drama degree, I didn't do like, you know, maths and economics or an undergraduate French or diplomacy before... or something. No, I was, a, I was an undergrad, yeah, so I, it was just a master's. But um, I then did a, I, we, there was nothing about acting to do with it at all. It was all, it was about writing, it was about drama. theater and prisons of okay, okay, and those okay, are the kind okay. of practical yeah, elements. Yeah, yeah. And then it was also a huge two-third chunk of it that was academic. So everything from studying kind of like, you know, Werner Herzog and Fassbinder. And, to the Greek uh, tragedy and that, yeah, everything. To, yeah, yeah, to yeah. stage design in the sure. Restoration era or post-war American theater. So that, this was, everything. This was what would make them comfortable if you had a broad education of everything that went into theater. So like No, the, no, no. That wasn't done to please them. Even then it was a turning point because I was like, uh, you know, it, like I said, if, if I wanted to be a lawyer or a diplomat or anything yeah. else that would be more grown up in their eyes and more... Uh, assured as a living or yeah. way to live a life um then you know i would have chosen a different degree in a different university in a different so already they knew it was going that way but there was just a decisive point after a production of moats um, of amadeus that i did at university where i played salieri and dad just got hold of my shoulders yeah. in the car park and said um you're you're better at this than i ever was or ever will be and i can't wait to see what you do and we're so excited to see it and support you all the way <laughs> yeah, just it, it just completely. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's it's, 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 a, it's an amazing. Did you cry? Between it, uh, I guess I did. I mean, I, I feel like choking up every time I. I, I feel like I choking up. It. It's yeah, a yeah. beautiful thing. For yeah, him, yeah, yeah. To say to his son, um, what a gift of of a blessing. Um, yeah, and that was that was that is their love. That's that's what it's been like. Well, that so. is selfless, especially for for yeah. uh, uh, an actor who you know, you generally requires it in, in an inordinate amount of ego, and that is easily threatened. That yeah. he was able to uh, to be that uh, selfless in yeah. in in showing you his belief in you. Yeah, 
That's a gift. It was, it was amazing. So then it's where'd amazing. you go? Where'd you study? Uh, I went to Lambda for a year, which they were a bit against. They're like, you're ready. Just get on with it. And I, yeah, I, yeah. Wanted, to, <laughs> I wanted to, uh, <laughs> I wanted to, you know, be with my peers and just, just figure out the stuff that wasn't working, the stuff the, that was. That's and the Academy just, of Dramatic Arts. Yeah, the yeah, London yeah. Academy of Music, music and, dramatic and Dramatic Arts. That's yeah, the big completely. one. Uh, it's one of the two. Rada and Lambda, the big London-based ones. The, actually, not so. That's really unfair. Guildhall. I mean, I am present at that drama school, so I would say it's the big one. But, yeah, or one of the two. But there's, there's some great drama schools in London. There's, there's Guildhall. There's um, right Sylvia Young and all sorts of other different places. East East Seventeen. So it? did you did you go there and get hammered with Shakespeare? No. Yeah, a little bit of classical English theatre training. That's what the year was about. But really, the kind of key lessons and things that I locked into and, and still served me well were, were just tiny vignettes and different classes. Could could be an Alexander technique class, uh-huh. could be a movement class, could yeah. be just working with one director who was like, do nothing. Just right. say it. Just do fucking nothing. Right. I was very much in my sort of adolescent and pre-adolescent stage just hatboxing. I was just going, I want to, and I've been given the chance to go from playing Rosalind in As You Like It to playing yeah. Willie Loman in Death of a Salesman at right. school in a year. Yeah. Uh, you know, after my balls dropped. Yeah. You know, sorry for the visual image, but you know, that's the, it was an all-boys school, so I played girls in the Shakespeare productions and then Hello, I'm an you know an aging salesman. Uh, this when you were a kid, Arthur Millica. Yeah, I was 17 when I played Winnie. <laughs> but that was not that lamb. That was not a no. That was at school. But my point yeah. is, I was hat boxing. I was sure, just trying sure, on these sure. very rich, different, varied yeah, yeah, characters. Yeah. And, right. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Just going all out to sort of. Uh, transform i guess and then lambda was more about no no you walk into the room it's you yeah what's that like you right know? And, and what um, was it like uh pretty limiting casting wise <laughs> it's just like you immediately <laughs> yeah. fit a box it's just that beginning stage where they go okay he can do the officer class posh kid or you know whatever right and then you go well, yeah i can but i'm actually going to say no to that and try to get the other part and whatever it might be and so just really they, they're, super, they're super, casting super minded yeah, i think they just want to give you a security in the marketplace when you immediately emerge. I mean, you know... But they see a marketplace, which is good. And it's beyond... A little, a little. yeah, a little. I is mean, it I beyond think There is also a very cloistered, and, and, and in a good way, closeted experience of exploring what acting is, what is what bringing truth to a moment, an imagined moment is, right. um, how to investigate a script, how to um, deal with different methodologies, and also, not that it was on our one-year course, but the two- and three-year course have a lot of work with um, cameras and recording as well, of all sorts of huh. medium and... Um, the written word but you know it it, it, it was um, yeah it, it just when you get to that st- I already had an agent so that was okay um, I got one by doing a um, uh, by playing Jerry in the zoo story in Edinburgh Fringe um, Edward Albee she's where I first met my yeah. wife actually but um, really yeah, yeah we, we've known each other for a long time she was, I was, in, it was it was another production I was doing when what's I met her what's her name Sophie Sophie Hunter and she was um, getting into a hooker's nighty and I was stripping out of a wet sort of <laughs> sweat soaked fat suit yeah. um, having been playing George in Kvetch's Stephen Burkhoff uh, play of Brilliance um, and uh, yeah I was just head over heels but I just I was I was a goofball I didn't know how to speak to women I was all over the place and just was kind of accompanying her going oh yeah. you're amazing and just yeah how old were you? Uh, I would have been 20 1920 I think so maybe. and she's uh, uh, an actress uh, she is no, a director uh, a director now. yeah 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 of, uh, of o- opera and um, events and classical music and uh-huh. um, and also of, of straight drama and um, yeah sort of classic stuff or well. interesting or like you know like uh, well she's yeah. working on a, an amazing production of the Carmelites um, uh-huh. with um, 
uh, a fantastic architect. Am I going to forget the name of fuck? What's his name? Um, he's very, very famous. Spanish so it sounds like he, doesn't he, sound is it non traditional stuff that she does. Kind, like, kind of, yeah. And I think her, you know, a lot of. Well, I, I shouldn't be doing an interview for her, but you know, she she's better at talking about her work. Than yeah, I am, but. Um, she, you know, she wants to democratize the sort of elevated experience of seeing classical music. She wants to broaden oh, its appeal and give sure. it an accessibility that's not cheapening the the the, the brilliance of uh -huh, it, but that uh -huh. is somehow to do with scale. Well, that's good or, that people or, have been trying to do that with classical theater for years. Maybe yeah, it's time for music. Yeah, I think so. I think so. And you know, she's getting into producing as well. Um, there's an amazing book that we've got in our production company mm. called The End We Start From that. Her, Sister-in-law Megan Hunter. I mean, her, yeah, my sister-in-law as well. Megan, who married uh, Tim, her brother, has written wow. the end we start from. It's just an amazing story about um, the early stages of motherhood with this catastrophic environmental disaster um, in the background. This flooding of London. This sort of event to do. Oh with. my God. Um, yeah, know. I guess that's what that's where we're going in terms of reflecting the world we're living in. A little a, a catastrophic, apocalyptic, and uh, can the human spirit persevere? Yeah, and I think we need more of that. Actually, of course, I do. And I think I, we need. I think I'm we also need. It. We need some. We need <laughs> yeah. some sort of uh, solutions and prompts to motivate better to live our life. Absolutely, sure, it needs sure. to be more present. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't know how you get someone from knowing something to being uh, taking action. Uh, Neither do like, I, and I think we're, we're you know the the biggest fault that we have as a species is is, is short termism. We we can't see far enough to understand that our actions today have such a profound impact in generations to come. Yeah, and also we're uh, so, you know, completely overwhelmed with mm. uh, information, tasks, the pace of the way we live now. But truthfully, I think also we give ourselves more credit than we deserve for the individual changes that we are capable of making. Yeah, I, don't, I try not to know? give myself any credit. Uh, it's 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 a it's a hiding to nothing in my position that's for sure um so but you were you've been uh you don't want to direct i'd love to yeah when's that gonna happen probably when the kids are older it's so consuming you know i, I just want to be I, I love what i've got have you been moment. approached to do it um like has your agent Actually, sat down you and gone, like, so do you want to No, a couple it? of times people have said, oh, I'd love you to direct an episode or do something. Yeah. But, um, of, of like Sherlock and that kind of stuff? No, no, they're very protective oh, over that uh, shit. Um, <laughs> they wouldn't let me anywhere near A Marvel it, movie? Oh, yeah, likewise, protective. I, no, I'm, I'm joking. I, 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 I'd want to start small anyway. I wouldn't want that kind of... Taika was in the Louis movie. He was, yeah. yeah he's yeah, a yeah. good friend. Oh, he's a good friend of yours? Yeah. He's yeah, great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and yeah. Will and, you know, and uh, and Cole, who who does the voiceover, Olivia Coleman. Yeah. Collie. But, you know, she, um, he rather was just, um, yeah, he was around and he, he was just in that sort of manic phase of just saying yes to everything. And we got him for a, a couple of days or, or yeah. just an afternoon. I can't remember. It was very, it was really brief, but he just like set the set the whole crew alight it was yeah. wonderful but like he's a guy that like yeah. is uh has a beautiful personal artistic vision that's able to uh, apply it to a marvel movie with some success and i love that about them letting him in and i know they were they were jittery about it but that's that's an example of where that works where the house style is still there but yeah. you have someone who has a really individual voice who's going to do something and sh that shakes it up yeah and what I'm is it so like to uh to play like you know when you deal with these guys that you play because you play people that are real uh, a few times, a few some times. most of them yeah. are dead, I think. Yeah, but some you, very alive, and then coming more alive, like Dominic Cummings. No one really knew who he was until he kind of broke lockdown and did everything he did as the as the parliament as the prime minister's personal age during right COVID. 
but yeah, I was outside of the corridors of Westminster, no one really knew who he was. And then James Graham, this amazing uh, political satirist, but also just this writer who has yeah. the ability to put you in the room where it happens in a that's really great. Kind of profound way. Like, okay, do you have a bug in that room? And that's how people <laughs> yeah, are very yeah, freaked yeah. out because, yeah. you know. And Julia, so, uh, uh, Julian Assange. Julian Assange again, yeah. yeah. I mean, he was far better known and, and still alive, I hope. How um, do you feel about the uh, about your depiction? About his see, depiction? About, about, my, my uh, depiction of him? Yeah. Do you know, know? It's been a while. Was he freaked oh, how out? How does he feel about it? I thought yeah. he meant, oh, how, oh, right. how does he feel about it? Oh, uh, there was a very spicy email conversation oh, yeah. that happened <laughs> on like the morning of the first day of shooting where he was like, go fuck yourself. Desist. Well, no, very polite, but like very much like you have a moral obligation not to tell this story. We're trying to do good work here and you're going to torpedo it. And I said, yeah. I don't think this film will torpedo at heart what is essential about yeah. creating a platform whereby you can publish whistleblowers anonymously. That is a great thing you did for democracy. But this examines the personal relationship you had with that enterprise and the people involved. And you are very public. And that's, yeah. that's there are certain things you did brilliantly and certain things that should be held up for examination. Right. The idea was beautiful. How do you respond to that? Oh, with another load of emails, and he kept writing to him for me. He was very, and he was very flattering. He was very sweet about it. He said, "Oh, we should publish these and give them to Vanity Fair." And I'm like, oh, Christ, well, I am writing to a publisher, so I, I spent some hours trying to think of, you know, a way to really it. where I was with the argument. And I'm not against him. I'm not against what he did at all. Uh, I think it's extraordinary what he did. It's yeah. just, it was. There were some provocative moves that were about personal politics and a human being, not about the ideal. Sure, that, that this sounds like can a be held up for speculation. It sounds like it'd be a good play. These uh, correspondences. Oh, stop! Well, I don't know. <laughs> I, it's a while since I've seen him. But you know, I, I, he's in a, he's in a terrible hold at the moment. I just, yeah, yeah. It's, it's pretty dark. I don't know. I don't know. What, I don't know what's going on. He's in Belmarsh, um, and he's being held there for quite some time. He's not been in the embassy for a long time now. Uh huh. He has a family. He has, yeah. he has two kids with uh, one of his lawyers that, that he, he sees, but yeah. you know, uh, from from a prison. Yeah, I mean, I guess there's. A, but there's, a, you know, this is a huge conversation. Yeah, 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 yeah. We, we, don't, we don't, we don't have to have. It. I don't feel equipped like, yeah. to have it. I, I don't think uh, I do anymore. Yeah. I've, it's kind of, it's too. He's it's gotten dusty. away from it. A bit. Well, yeah, it's just, sure. I, I wouldn't be doing it any service by um, by saying I'm I'm on it and I really have a, a clear line. How do you it. manage your family when you are doing so many movies? Um. Oh, well, they really are the priority. You know, yeah. it's like most people. Do they go with you? Point. Yeah. If it's somewhere like New Zealand and if it's if, if it's cool with Sophie's work and yeah. and what their scheduling is. You uh, got stuck there enough. too, didn't you? For did, New Zealand. Which was a blessing in disguise. Why it was not? amazing. It was amazing. It's good family time. I mean, yeah. Not that anyone knew that at the time we were kind of sanitizing groceries and not, not going outside the house for fear <laughs> that you know, it might yeah, right, just drift right. through, through the letterbox. Right. Um, but once we kind of understood where we were, which we'd never been before, and... Um, well, the predicament was, I always had my parents, you know, they came over for like a, a three week visit, a week to acclimatize and meet Jane and see yeah. what we were doing on the right. South Island and watch me kind of cattle steer like a hundred head of cattle through, yeah. through a village or whatever. And, uh, and then go on a two week road trip that, um, we'd planned together. And by the end of that, it was like, I, I think it's too risky for you to travel by then. There, it was a really circuitous route home. It's like three days almost. on So a they steel. stayed too? Yeah, for That's, five wow. months. So wow, it was crazy. It was crazy. Wow, and you know that is crazy. So you got to know each other even more than you thought. Oh yeah. What is this story about you getting kidnapped? Oh wow. Okay, we're going there. Um, yeah, I got kidnapped. Were I'm you not on kidnapped. Set? I got carjacked. No, I was. I was on a weekend off with two other. Um, Where was actors. this? This is in South Africa. What were we doing there? I was doing a uh, TV uh, three-parter of a Golding William Golding trilogy called the To the Ends of the Earth. 
and I was playing the sort of landlubberly gents Edmund Talbot and uh, he's on this boat and it becomes a sort of metaphor as everything does whether it's an island or yeah, whatever yeah. for Golding's kind of right, right. you know pressurizing environment to study the human condition and how uh -huh. it falls apart and what societal strains and weaknesses there are in certain eras that expose the true nature of our animal being and all the rest is of he that. the lord of the flies guy yeah right yeah, right yeah 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 and yeah. Aspire and, yeah, yeah i mean you know, yeah, Peter yeah. martin he's, he's he's an amazing writer but he it, this is a great role great part and i was yeah. two-thirds of the way through and we, yeah. I, we'd all wanted to uh, the three of us had wanted to go off and learn to dive to do you know like get a paddy certificate go scuba diving right and um we had this you know course and it was very kind of method based and there was just a little bit of pra practice of breathing underwater but it was in a pool it wasn't yeah, out at sea sure. they did it safely and it was cold it was getting to be a south african winter and i kind of felt a little sick and i got guys i think we should go back tonight rather than early tomorrow morning before we start filming monday yeah and the south african with us uh you know he was like it's kind of it's kind of sketchy out there at night i think we should just wait until the day I went, oh, okay so i don't feel great and he went okay well we'll find a route yeah and we went and i feel really guilty about that i wish we was he gone in the morning given what happened and we drove we drove the section that we thought would be a little sketchy the kind of the kind of more um unstructured road the kind yeah. of dirt track to get to the uh the n2 which is this big trunk road that runs all the way down the east coast of africa uh -huh. um, and um yeah, we didn't get far down it when one of the tires blew. We got out to try and fix it because um, what we didn't know is you could run for quite a while on three tires. So anyone listening, keep driving, you know. Um, oh, yeah. And uh, we we stopped and then out of the bush, these guys came and threw us back into the car, drove us off road, plundered the car. And uh, yeah, it was a pr it was pretty normal deal. People? It was about two hours long. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, there was, well, there was intimation of a gun. Well, I didn't turn around to see it because... By the time we were out of the car, um, I was then put in the boot of the car. Um, a surety at one point with my shoelaces is uh, a bind for my hand. My wrist. Oh, my God. So you're in the trunk? And to, yeah. And I kind of argued my way. I said, look, I'm going to be a problem for you because I, I might die in here. I, I have, it's it's not, it's it's the small space. Uh -huh. It's not the fact, the fact I can't breathe. I have a problem with being a small, which is not true, really. I was definitely, I thought I've got to give them <laughs> a reason why this isn't a yeah, good yeah. idea, you know? Yeah, I can't plead for my life. It's it's very much the way that if if that happens in a family, the child is taken a surety, and the parents are left. But I mean, it's re it's so yeah. We learned a lot that night, um, and I was dragged out, having argued my way out of it, and we were all sort of tied How many together up the side of this environment. Three of us, yeah. And what? How how'd they find you? Who found you? How'd well, you? Um, they eventually left us alone once we gave cards and drew out money. We'd used our cash to pay, so the whole deal might have been over far quicker if we'd had cash. And they'd just taken the stuff out of the car, and the car, obviously. They might have left us alone, but because of needing to take a card to a yeah. bank machine, it lasted for like two and a half hours. Oh, shit. So we then walked down the road away from where it had happened. And, um, you got unbound? Yeah, and we kind of got to this uh, roadside um Oh my God! Of these two uh, women, which were selling these fantastic goods that the um, Cossie tribe, the local tribe, had been making, yeah, these beautiful, um, yeah, like beaded bowls and wooden carvings outside Shishlui game reserves, one of those drive-through safaris, and we just waited with them and a security guard and um, called the production company, and yeah, the cavalry came and picked us up in our shaken form. It was, it was, it was heavy. Yeah, yeah. But we were so lucky. I mean, literally the next day in the paper there was a. There was a, um, uh, yeah, a guy got killed at a road stop and all that was in his car was a two round coin and a lighter. And, uh, you know, the, the guy got blown away at the lights, just the opportunism to just take whatever might have been in there. Yeah. Nothing. It's just. Got lucky. But yeah. And we, we were very lucky in a very big country. How does that, uh, how, what is that, uh, 
inform you? How does well, it... I went back there. I mean, I stayed out for a period of time afterwards. I also went traveling on my own in Namibia. And I think I kind of got this weird thing, which I'm still processing as well, a little of needing to live a life less ordinary at a kind of pace or, or I don't know, a level of looking over the ledge and being in control of my mortality that's not necessarily very productive. But in that moment, I just, I became an adrenaline junkie. I hung out with oh, really? ex-South African special forces and did, you know, helicopter flights and jumped out of airplanes, did parachute jumps. and Interesting. Yeah. And I used to like, uh, 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 Chris uh, Hedges wrote a book called uh, War is a Force That Gives Us Meaning. He was a war journalist. And, you know, yeah. he talked about that addiction. Yeah. Yeah. Of that, how's that going for you? Have you tempered it a little? A little, yeah. I have, I have three little people at home that I want to stay yeah, yeah. safe for. You know, you don't want to go too close to the edge of the yeah, cliff. I have a wife and a family. Just and for I, fun. I just think, yeah, exactly. I'm a little bit more <laughs> but temperate though. I, there is a skateboard in the back of the car. It's about as risk taking I get these days. Uh, well, or a surfboard. You're you getting know. a little old for that shit too. I know, man. I got I'm a sidewalk surfer. Oh yeah, breakable too. But you know, yeah, I'm not going up any ramps or okay, all right. jumping okay. in the bowl. Okay, you know? as long as you're not doing the pools. No. <laughs> Not these and days. Uh, with the Marvel movies, you you have peace with that. You love it. In what sense? I just like there seems to be on some level some uh, uh, Faustian uh, agreement one makes with themselves as an actor, or or else you embrace it. And I don't. What you got to embrace it. You got to just enjoy it. It's a celebration. You do it's enjoy. Just, it. Yeah, because I know to. Brolin enjoys I mean, there it. Certain, there, completely, yeah. man. You just you have to. You just you're in, man. You're hired to do the job. How fucking lucky are we to do this job? Period. Right. And let alone right. to do it with those resources, with those rewards. And, and and often with material that's really engaging and fun and yeah. complex and you know yeah the hours are long um, it's never right until the movie's kind of just about to come out so you're constantly being called back to perfect oh, things yeah. they often go into production without a third act there are loads of things that yeah. are frustrating um, but you know it's uh, it's a mighty thing to play Doctor Strange in the MCU I just yeah. I love it I absolutely love it oh good and you yeah. feel well you said like going into this character over and over again that you yeah. know you've had to sort of build him in your own way yeah, a little yeah completely yeah. and I wasn't a comic nerd I, I didn't know much about him yeah. I, I lent very heavily on, on Scott who directed the first one Scott yeah. Derrickson and um we built him from a great origin script um, based on the origin of the comics yeah. to, to a large degree. And then he's had these sort of stepping stones in the Avengers film, but we haven't really kind of, you know, stressed him out until this one. So, oh, yeah, we'll see how he how well, There goes. you go. There's a, there, that, that's a, a responsible plug for a movie that's not even out yet. <laughs> it might not be till next year sometime. Oh, no, but I can't, I can't escape any kind of conversation about it when it comes to uh, interviews at the moment because it's just that, well, Spider-Man is obviously on our doorstep. That's about to happen at Christmas and, and Strange is a big part of that. Yeah, so. and they, and they uh, you know, if they if you speak publicly or if you spoil Marvel movies as an actor, they-, they little, little red dots appear on you. Yeah, yeah, they'll kill you. Yeah, yeah seriously, right. yeah. That's it. Good talking to you, man. Nice to talk to you too, Mark. There you go. Benedict Cumberbatch. Great films he's in right now. I don't know about the Marvel one, but I do know about uh, The Electrical Life of Louis Wayne and The Power of the Dog. Both terrific. And now guitar again. It sounds good. I got my Stratocaster set up.
Where It Lives, Monkey and LaFonda, Cat Angels Everywhere, yeah. (laughs) 